What's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Paul. I am here with my friend who is going to go ahead and introduce himself. Hey, how's it going, everyone? It's James uh, here at the Commanded Arms podcast. So, uh, to last episode, we talked about Ikoria in general. So, new mechanics, returning mechanics, and we talked in great detail about the companion mechanic. <laughs> Very. I think we spent a lot of time on on the on the uh, companion mechanic i mean it was good it was fun we we found out a lot of things we figured out a lot of other things we built a deck uh, essentially that you know uh was a lot of fun we and uh way more time than we thought we would on that so i hope everybody yeah. enjoys the extremely large amount of content for the pilot episode <laughs> it was good. Uh, so this week we're going to be talking about ways to play Commander inside a self-isolation. Now we know we're being ravaged by the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, and everyone has to stay inside. Can't be you know have to be more than six feet apart. So how can we play Magic the Gathering? How can we use these cards that we have collected over these many of years to play Commander in paper still? Let's keep Paper Commander alive. You know, let's not let, let's not just have it online through Arena because I mean. There is not a lot there, honestly. <laughs> right. Not to be, you know... Uh, and um, Arena, obviously, is fine for things like Limited, and if you like Brawl, you can play that also, but you can't get your Commander it's just, picks on there. It's not there for Commander. I mean, you can you can play Brawl once every Wednesday, I believe it is, uh, but it is just not what we want right now. And, I mean, don't even... Ta- don't even let's not even get started about MitGo. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Moto. Not everybody likes Moto. I have a few decks built on Moto, and I am. I'm still not the biggest fan of it. So, uh, so that being said, we're gonna so, go ahead and discuss some free, emphasis on free, ways that you can go ahead and get your commander fix while you are hopefully self isolating at home. And if you are still working, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you for continuing to do what you do. <clears throat> Uh, James, so you have more experience than I do with what is currently the most popular way to play, which is the the Discord server. So if you want to talk so about I have been, yes, uh, the last two weeks or so, like since this isolation happened, I was very new to it uh, and I got introduced to the way to play it. Now, there actually is a... Uh, there is a Discord server called Play EDH. Now, if you just join that server, you can then uh, jump in and basically join the either the competitive or the mid group and basically you just find a pod there's a uh there's deck lists there's deck help there's content there's just there's ways to be able to help and everything uh and then you jump in the lfg mid chat which is well that's where i play uh you find a room that isn't open so you find a room that's that's empty you jump in the lfg chat you ask to look for other people and then you start a group now that's the audio done but how can you see each other that's the next question so what you do is you go to webby.com w-h-e-r-e-b-y.com you start a room so you then are able to then host four people in a video chat um you do this either on your mobile phone, your tablet, or your computer. You have your webcam facing your play field so that everyone can see your deck, your commander, and your play, gr- and your play field. Uh, this is especially important because, you know, you don't want people to be 
secretly going through their deck and pulling out their best cards and basically tutoring for free because we don't want to cheat around here. So uh, you make sure all of that is viewable on your screen. On their screen, you'll be able to see the same thing. Uh, your screen will be put into four, uh, four, four quarters. So you'll have access to everything that you want to see and everything that they want to see from you. So then you just start playing Commander like you normally would. It's a little bit takes a little bit to uh, to get used to after a while, but I mean, I've been playing it here and there over the last week or so, and I've been really enjoying it, playing a lot of good, fun games on there. Um, I mean, I played a game against a dude who play, who had uh, one of the, uh, the My Little Pony promo cards. He played uh, a... Is it Rainbow Sparkle, I believe it was? Or... Hey, let me just bring that up really quickly. Uh, okay. While you're doing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say, for anybody who is not uh, World of Warcraft lingo savvy, LFG means looking for group. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Little Pony cards. I think it was it was the... Rainbow Dash? Uh, no, it was Princess Twilight Sparkle. He played a he played a unicorn he played a, a unicorn tribal deck uh, with Princess Tribal uh, Princess Twilight Sparkle as his commander and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Got to admit, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, so jump on the Discord, have a look in there. Then you do the Webby link, and once you've done that, you then just start playing commander like you normally would. Roll dice, see who goes turn order first. Um, you know, you read your card out, you show it to the camera, you make sure that everyone can see your field and you can see their field and you just ask the questions and, and keep going until someone wins. I mean, at that point, it's just the same as playing a regular game of Commander. Or if you're really good at, you know, gold fishing, it's, it's just like playing Solitaire. Now, uh, I do want to say that if you are not sure what power level the particular deck you want to play uh, is, they do have a service on there that I saw briefly when I was going through it. Uh, where you can post post your deck list online, and they have mods that will review the deck and tell you what power level they would consider your deck to be. Um, yes. I thought it was a really cool feature. Uh, I, personally, I think all my decks are fun, but I receive opinions uh, otherwise. <laughs> from uh, Usually from myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that feature is actually very cool for people like me who can sometimes underestimate just how powerful their decks are. So if that was something you're worried about, there's no need to be worried. Just put your list online, uh, have them review it, and then you'll know exactly where you should be. And since yeah, ev- since everybody probably goes through that process, you'll most likely wind up with an enjoyable game with everybody on a similar power level. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I mean, there's other ways of playing it. I mean, you can do the same thing over Skype. The only reason we use Discord and Webby right now is because Discord offers the... It's a free voice channel system that gives you the room where you can basically join a community um, and Webby gives you the the best video quality for your camera. Um, I use my iPhone 7 and I haven't had an issue with it yet. Um, The other thing you're probably going to need is a tripod or some way to actually get your webcam or your phone or tablet over your play field. Um, I know you can pick up uh, tripod phone tripods for pretty cheap these days uh i mean i picked mine up for about seven dollars um at walmart and i haven't looked back since i'm actually using it right now to hold up my tablet to read this script 
there's Zoom as well. It uh, offers the same service. Basically, anything that has a multi room, uh, a, a multi person room. I will say though, um, for for Zoom, as far as I know, you do that one is the only one here that you do have to actually pay for. I think to have multiple people in a room for an extended period of time, because I think otherwise uh, it's limited to an hour. I think so. That uh, I thought it was forty five minutes, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so. That should probably be your last option if you're not looking to spend any money. Uh, I've used Facebook Messenger as well. That one worked uh, pretty well. And honestly, any of these options can help you get your fix while we're all at home sitting in isolation. Basically, any anything anything that has to do with sharing video and audio will will suffice for now. Definitely, especially if you want to play with your friends. Like, if you just want to play with your own, like, play group that you've played with forever, then definitely just talk to them and see what they want to use. If you want to talk to people, if you want to play with people in the wild, uh, the Discord server is a definite tool on, on how to do that and connect with people. I mean, I've I've made a lot of friends uh, playing in, in there. Um, I've also... Uh, people have hated the decks that I've played in there as well. And, uh, and vice versa. I don't really think I have anything else to add on to that. Uh, no, I mean, right now, yeah, Discord and, and Webby seems to be the best way of doing it. Um, so I think we can sort of harping on the same thing. Let's, let's move on. So now that we have these new creative ways to get our fix of spell slinging, uh, we can go ahead and talk about uh, the main topic of today's podcast, uh, which is the new commanders from the C20 set, or Commander 2020. That New Commanders! That releases... I almost said released, but Ikoria isn't out yet. Releases with Ikoria uh, sometime in... On the 15th now, May. of May. Yeah. It's the 15th of May. So, I think the best way to do this is probably just to address them by color combination. <clears throat> and yep. then we'll save the partners for last. Yeah. So we'll do... Yeah, because there's... Yeah. There's the original three color that comes in each deck, but then each deck also has a a partner commander as well. Yeah, so there's 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 the face commander, there's an there's a reserve or a backup, whatever you want to call it, commander with the same color identity, and then there are two partner commanders that combine to make the same color identity. So the yep. way we're gonna break this down is we're gonna talk about each three color commander first. Bot yep. color combination, and then we'll talk about the partner ones at the end, just because it's important to discuss those in tandem with one another. Yep. Alright, so we're going to start off here with Zaxara the Exemplary, James, if you want to go ahead and uh, discuss that one. Yeah, so Zaxara the Exemplary is a 1 and Sultai, so it is black, green, and blue for a 2-3 legendary creature Nightmare Hydra. Now, I know people out there have been screaming for a Hydra Commander, and I believe this is going to be that Commander. It's going to fill everything you want it to do. So, it's got Death Touch. It taps to add two mana of one color to your mana pool. And then, whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost, create a 0-0 green Hydra creature token, then put X plus one plus one counters on it. So, there isn't really much to say about this one. It pretty much tells you what you should be doing. Uh, I can't off the top. You of my want head, to think. play hydras. You want to play hydras. You want to play things that have X like villainous wealth, etc. Um, it oh, itself, is and I believe, dork. I believe villainous wealth actually got a reprint in that deck as well. Yes, I think that is actually true. So I mean, you want to be play, you want to be playing villainous wealth, and it gives you the card as well. 
It's uh, it's a mana dork. It's highly defensive. Uh, it is in blue, which means you can play freed from the reel on it and immediately go infinite. Um, so it doubles your hydras. If that's something you're into, then by all means go for it. I could even just, see this being in an Atraxa deck because it does make plus one plus one counters on those tokens. If you wanted to I mean, build a little spicy brew, it just does everything you want it to do in a hydra. Right, and it's highly defensive. It is a 2-3 death touch. Nobody wants to attack into death touch with their value creatures. So it'll it'll keep you safe on its own. And really, there's really not much to say about it. It's a powerful card, and you want to be casting big Xs. Big X spells. <clears throat> so, I mean, you can pl- you could probably play... Yeah, you, there's a lot that you could play. Now, the next... Uh, the next commander, the alternate commander that comes in that deck is Otrimi, the Ever Playful. So it is a three and Saltai, so black, green, blue. For a six, six legendary creature, Nightmare Beast has Mutate for one and Saltai uh, and Trample. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature card with Mutate from your graveyard to your hand. So, so from last from last episode, you'll remember what what, what Mutate does. Uh, basically, lets you put it onto a onto or under a non-human creature card that you control. Right, and that's important because notice that the Mutate cost here is only four, whereas he costs six to cast. So, if you already have a non-human creature on the field, this is a four mana six six trample. That when it deals combat damage to a player, you get to bounce a creature from your with mutate from your graveyard to your hand. Correct. So it's this, just this it's is, huge uh, value. This is establishing an archetype, like a, a mutate archetype. Um, you could just play him as a cheap, efficient beater, as a just as a six-six trample and ignore the rest of the text. But honestly, I feel like that's really doing a disservice to something that they're clearly trying to push. So I think the cor- well. I don't want to use the word correct. I hate when people use the word correct when they discuss deck building. Yeah. I, I think I think perhaps the most interesting way to build him would probably be to stick to that mutate theme. And I th- think that deck would probably be pretty powerful if you're playing such big, beefy beaters so early. It would basically just be a, a Sultai beatdown deck or a Sultai big, heavy guys deck. And ironically... If you were to play Otrimi the Ever Playful, you could play one of the companions that we talked about in our last episode, if you haven't seen that yet. The, uh, I forgot its name already. That's really cool. <laughs> the green-blue companion. Hold on. I got it. Uh, Karuga the Macro Sage. The, the Macro Sage. So you could play a big, beefy mutate deck. He could be your companion. And unfortunately, when you mutate, it only counts as one permanent. So, it's kind of a non-bow, but companions, why not play them? You know, that whole shit. Yeah, definitely. Get in on that. I mean, I would. I would definitely do that. I think it'd be better to see where Mutate goes exactly before really diving into that build. But if- I, would, I, would, I would like to know if it's just a one set. Like, if it's just going to be in Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths, or if they're going to bring it back later on. I don't really know where they'd have the space to bring this back later on, but supplemental sets happen all the time. 
you know, maybe the next. I don't think we would see this. Set will come and. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll see this in like a like a modern set or anything, but I can definitely see this coming in like a like a Battle Bond two set if we were to, if we were to get a Battle Bond two. Um. So that's really all I have to say, James. I don't know if you have anything to add onto a treatment. No, not really. I think it's a. I think it's a good card. I think it's a a really good commander. Um, played as a commander or played in the ninety nine, you're going to get an immense amount of uh, value out of this card, especially with the amount of uh, mutate cards they actually already have in the set. Um, but moving on, we will move on to the Teemo colored commanders. We'll start off with Kalamax, the Storm Sire. He is one and Tima, which is green, blue, and red for a 4-4 legendary elemental dinosaur. Whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Kalamax, the Storm Sire, is tapped, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Whenever you copy uh, an instant spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Kalamax. Okay, so... Uh, I have been There's talking, a lot to unpack on this one. I have been talking about this card a lot with um, some fellow Magic players, and this might be one of the best commanders in this set, and I don't think people are quite realizing yet. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's very much as, as a sleeper at the moment, because I haven't seen much online about it either, but I can see the potential value and and how heavy hitting this 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 commander could be. So it's important to note that unlike most cards with this effect these days, it says when you cast your first instant spell each turn, meaning including opponent's turns. So as long as he's tapped, the first spell you catch cast each turn, yours, your opponent's, etc., you copy that spell. Now, while this seems innocuous on the surface, imagine casting a dig through time on your opponent's end step and copying it so you look 14 cards deep and you look at and you get to pick you get to keep the four best cards from among those and he gets bigger i mean just you know what, you, like you, you know what i say to that value that is <laughs> that, that, that is that is just value that is turning the game into a uh, arch enemy game value the second people see you take the four best cards from the top 14 of your deck, they're definitely going to be turning heads. And oh, yeah, definitely. It, it goes beyond that. You know, all of your removal spells are suddenly two-for-ones. Uh, I'm sure there's more that I'm thinking of. Like, even even Lightning Bolt becomes one mana six damage while this thing is tapped, which is insane, right? That kills almost every commander that you'll see at the table. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it won't kill this. <laughs> it's a it's a four four. Yeah, but if it gets the plus one plus one counters on it, you won't be able to kill it. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> You're forgetting that that last little line of of text on it, Paul. I I personally would love to build and play this deck. I just don't think I have the the spell slinging know how to do it. Yeah. It, I'm, it, I'm it, very it much would be a, a pretty complicated deck to pilot because you're basically operating on everybody else's turns. Uh, worth noting that it does specify instant spells, not when you cast a spell during an opponent's turn. So, uh, giving <clears throat> giving your cards flash with something like uh, Vidalcan Orrery or what's the Leyline of Anticipation? That's the one. Leyline of Anticipation would not actually proc Kalamax. That specifically has to be instance. 
Yes. And worth noting is the first instant each turn, not whenever you cast one. So it's got it's got some drawbacks, but not enough to devalue the card that much, really. Right, and there's tons of ways to tap Calmax without actually attacking. Although eventually you will be attacking, hopefully, because he's going. Oh yeah, because he'll, he'll get he'll huge. Be really big. But oh yeah, I, have, uh, I I feel it. It's going to be you know play lot play instances on your opponent's turns. Get this guy huge, and then swing in for commander damage. It's going to be a new take on a Voltron deck. You you have Springleaf Drum. You have. I just have on the top of my head, and I'm forgetting, and I'm really upset with myself for it. But there are tons of effects that will tap creatures for various benefits. Convoke. That's what I was thinking of. Convoke is a uh, a mechanic from. It started in original Ravnica, and it came back in M. Fifteen, I think. Convoke is a mechanic where you can tap your creatures to help pay for a spell. Those particular spells are very good with Calamax. The most popular Convoke spell is Court of Calling, which is a 3 green X instant. Uh, notice that it is both an instant and a spell with X in its cost, so you would probably play it in both Zaxara and Calamax. Uh, search your library for a creature with converted mana cost X or less, put it on the battlefield. If you get to do that twice, then you're talking some serious value. You just get the tutor for two creatures directly onto the battlefield. And I just think Calmax is going to be a very powerful build once people figure out how to how to finally tune him. And honestly, we will get there. I mean, these commanders haven't even been out yet to, to even playtest with. But once people get their hands on it and start brewing around it, we're going to see some very powerful Calamax decks. Alright. Okay. So moving on, the, the next commander in that deck, in the Tima deck, uh, is <laughs> take your time. Wow, <laughs> what is an what is X Y? I would probably sound like that's like a Z, like xylophone. Yeah, yeah. So Zyrus? That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So the next card we're going to talk about is in the Teamer colors. Is Zyrus the Writhing Storm? He is two and teamer, so green, blue, and red. For a 3 5 Snake Leviathan, he has flying. Whenever an opponent draws a card, except the first one they draw on in each of their draw steps, create a 1 1 green snake creature token. When Zyrus, the Writhing Storm, deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each draw that many cards. Okay, so this is an interesting, interesting card. Important to note that it, it specifies whenever an opponent draws a card, not whenever an opponent draws cards. And the reason that's an important distinction is because if they draw three cards, you're getting three 1-1 one, one snakes so yeah that is important to note and he also has flying which is very relevant because it's not the easiest thing to block not a lot of people pack specific flying I mean he's a he's a 3-5 for 5 so I mean that's not bad but then he's a 3-5 for 5 with flying that can get through so because you because you want him to do combat damage so you want him to be able to get get through do some combat damage then you get to draw three cards then they, then they get to draw three cards and then you're making three one one green snake tokens right 
And yes, it's true that they you're you are letting your opponent draw cards, but you're also not investing a lot of resources for what is essentially a whole lot of value for yourself. Because you also get to draw those cards. You get three, at least three one ones. Because it's based on how much damage he deals. I mean, you can look at it by using those green snakes to then tap out for Court of Calling, uh, any other green X or any other X spell. I mean, if you have a sack outlet, those uh, those one ones then become, you know, if you have an Ashnod's altar, they become two colorless mana. If you have a Phyrexian altar, they become a colored mana. So I mean, I think there's ways to build this deck where you can either go wide. Like, go really wide and cast some huge, insanely insanely big spells and draw, you know, a lot. Or, if you were just to... Another way of playing it would be Voltron and just getting through with, you know, either 21 commander damage and make them draw 21 cards. Or... That's pretty much really all I can think of right now. Yeah, I'm not entirely sold on this one, to be honest. But I think they could have done something a little bit more to push it over the edge. I mean, I think it's a really cool concept of, like, going wide. And it's it's very much a political card. You know, it's like, you know, just take three damage. You know, we start with 40. It's not too bad. Take three damage. You get to draw three cards, but then I get to draw three cards. And then I put three more power on the board. After a while, that's going to be huge. But I think the biggest thing against this deck will be board wipes. I mean, that, but also the fact that you're letting other people develop their resources quite quickly. Three cards is a lot of cards to draw. Yeah, three cards is huge. I mean, three cards is is a harmonize. So you you could you just know, build this the the group huggy way, and the, well, play your right I to mean, flourishing and etc. I mean, this realistically says, you know, your opponent gets a free harmonize. But so do you. Yeah. Yeah, three three damage three damage for a, you know, if if harmonize was pay three life, draw three cards, I would definitely play that. You know, that's way too good. Which is this is this is basically saying that. I think this deck is going to rely very heavily on effects like Perforos, God of the Forge. Um, I forgot the two mana one that does the same thing. But effects that cause damage when creatures enter the battlefield. I think this is that's going to be pretty much the primary. Oh, I can see it in my head. Deck. I know. I'm I'm forgetting it too. It's really <laughs> bothering me. But I, um, I think that that will be probably be the most popular build. Impact tremors. That's the one. Impact. Yeah, tremors. I think I think Perforos and impact tremors in this deck would go really well. Yeah, but um, at that point, I think you're going to be developing a lot of hate with not a lot of answers to set hate. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sold on Cyrus. Um, I think we're just going to go ahead and move on from that one because there's not really yep. much else to say about it. Yeah, I think I'm good with that one. So next we've got uh-huh. we're coming um, up on Jeskai. We are coming up on Jeskai, correct. So Jeskai, we have Gavi Nest Warden. Gavi? Gavi. Uh, two blue red and white so Jeskai yeah so two two and Jeskai for a 2-5 legendary human shaman you may pay zero generic mana rather than pay the cycling cost of the first card you cycle each turn 
Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 2-2 red and white dinosaur cat creature token. So, I think on your turn, this is more or less a guaranteed extra 2-2. Because you draw your card for turn, and then you cycle a card for free. Um, I honestly think that that second part of text about making the 2-2 is highly irrelevant compared to the fact that you get to cycle a card for free each turn. And again, that, that phrase, each turn, comes where it means even on your opponent's turn. So, in total, you can cycle four free cards per turn cycle. Yeah, so you can put a lot of power on the board. You can basically play in each, in everyone else's turn. Um, I th- I took a look at the list really quickly, and honestly, I feel like it's probably not enough cyclers to really capitalize enough on Gavi, but... I think we're not quite there yet with that one, with with the cycling, but I think we can definitely get there, especially if they want to if they want to keep printing cycle. Even though if, even if they print, you know, two or three cycling cards per uh, per set, like per standard block, I think we would have enough by the end of the year to warrant this being a decent commander. I mean, I can see I, what they're, I, they're trying to do. I think it already is. I, I think. Astral Slide, Astral Glide, you have Drake Haven. I think those cards are enough to, to push Gavi as probably the premier cycling commander. Oh, yeah. No, like, I don't... Pardon me. There isn't any other commander that does what this does, and that's what I see as, like, the unique uh, kind of take on on these commanders they definitely pushed in a different direction than we thought they were going to go especially when they announced them to begin with I wasn't quite sure exactly like what the deck names were going to be for the decks um and this in this case we also we have five decks coming out in C20 instead of only four so I mean we get a lot more options a lot more commander product out there and like I'm, I'm definitely happy with seeing more commanders especially more unique commanders as well but I mean, if you have nothing else to really add to that one, I'm happy to move on to the next commander in that cycle. Yep. So the next commander in that uh, Jeskai set is Akim the Soaring Wind. So it is two blue, red, and white for a 3-4 legendary creature bird dinosaur. It's got flying whenever you create... One or more tokens for the first time each turn. Create a 1-1 white bird creature token with flying. He also has an activated ability of 3 blue, red, and white. Uh, Creatures you control gain double strike until end of turn. So this card was actually one that I was pretty excited to see after I took a closer look at it. I mean, it does on the face of it, when when you just look at it, it doesn't look like a lot. Um, but it's definitely the bird commander that we've wanted. So the thing is that Akeem contests very closely with, um, I forgot his name. There was a, there was a Jeskai commander recently. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you get a 1-1 spirit and you can sack a spirit for a red man. Kaikar. Kaikar. Akeem Kaikar came out in in uh, the M- M19. Yeah. So Akeem <clears throat> and Kaikar contest for the same spot pretty closely. And I I mean you could you could basically play them in 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 each other's decks. 
Yes. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure which one is better. But I will say that Akeem's activated ability, getting double strike, and with all the anthems and such that you can get with white, you can really develop the, the, the size of your tokens very quickly. And not to mention that each of your tokens comes with a free flying token. And you get to play Temet, Vizier of Naktamun, who's from Amonkhet. He's a blue-white token lover that hasn't really had a home yet, and I think Akim might be the place for Temet. That'd be a good place for him. Yeah, that would be a really good place for it. Now, especially in those colors, you have at least... I mean, you have one double... They have one token double R in the ways of uh, Anointed Procession. Um, so, I mean, if, if you were to go, like, the, the let's bring the birds down and play this as a bird tribal deck, you would definitely play Anointed Procession as, as one of your, your enchantment slots in that, in that deck. I mean, you get to double your tokens and then create more tokens. Um, but I think but comparing this to Kaikar, I'm not sure which one is better. I mean, I would probably end up running maybe Kaikar because it gives you extra mana and lets you run into bigger things later. But also cheaper. He is cheaper, yes. Um, and I mean, he makes uh, I believe it's one one spirits, and then uses sacrilegious spirits for a, a one red mana. So I mean, as good as that is, I mean, you can't give up the extra token generation on this one either. Uh, worth noting that God Pharaoh's gift and the card to Mount Cat also works very well with Akim. <clears throat> I think Akim is more of a token lever than Kaikar, but. Kaikar makes them more frequent, more consistently. It is is really where the split is happening there. If you I'm really not, wanted I'm to not go, sure which one I value more? Um, I can't remember the name of the card, but when you attack with uh, one ones, it deals one damage to target opponent. Cavalcade of Calamity. That one. If you run that card in, in this deck. And haste enablers, I mean, this thing could do a lot of damage really quickly, especially if you're going that wide route. Yeah, I think it's worth exploring both of them, and it, it's probably going to come down just to personal preference, whichever one uh, you want to use. I mean, with the Calamity and having Double Strike, those 1-1s one are now doing 3 damage instead of, you know, 1 damage. And that's that's huge, especially for an aggro deck, which is what this seeming is, want to, is wanting to be. It's wanting to be an aggro, go-wide token deck. Um, I, I don't really have anything else to say about him, honestly. I think, I right. think he's, I think he's pretty self-explanatory. A, a really close contest, and yep. I think you're just going to have to play both of them to figure out which one you yeah. really want to use. So moving on from then, we have the Abzan Commanders. Uh, the first one is Taim Luminous Enigma. He is a one white, black, and green for a 3-3 three, three legendary nightmare beast. Uh, he is one of the nightmare be- uh, nightmares that we were talking about in the last episode uh, in that Selesnia color-, color pairing. Uh, each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional vigilance counter on it. He has an activated ability of three generic mana, remove three counters from among p- creatures you control, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Now, this is the first commander that we've seen that utilizes the additional uh, the keyword counters that we're talking about in the Ikoria set. Um, 
I think this is probably the only commander in that set that actually puts on uh, keyword counters as well. Um, this one and mm. actually the other Abzan one, which we're going to talk about right after this. Um, yeah, I just meant like this. The, yeah, like this color pairing is the only one. These the, this the, this color pairing is the only ones that, that actually do it. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, so in case anybody forgot, uh, the way keyword counters work is you put a counter on a creature. So in Tyam's case, it puts vigilance counters, and as long yeah. as that creature has that keyword counter on it, it has that keyword. So each creature that enters the battlefield while time is on the battlefield gets a vigilance counter, which means that that creature has vigilance as long as it has that counter on it. <clears throat> which is it's that's really good, especially in the in in the Abzan colors as well. Uh, and then so it gives you the way to put counters on things, and then it also gives you a, a way to use those counters in the ways of you know you remove three you know to put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard and then return a card return a permanent card with a convert amount that costs three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield so that ability is obviously really powerful i'm not sure how i feel about tie at the helm i feel like he might be a little better in the 99 as a supporting creature but giving all your creatures vigilance is an okay effect. It's not the best keyword, but I, I think it's powerful enough where his presence at the table should probably be respected. And honestly, I that, think that last ability kind of hints me towards he might be a little on the combo-y side. You never like to see that return from the graveyard to the battlefield text on a card. That's always dangerous. Yeah, I mean, seeing recursion... I mean, seeing recursion on, on Abzan Commander isn't all that... Uh, that rare. I mean, we see it on almost almost all the Abzan commanders. Um, but I mean, also giving this away to combo off with you know cheap little combo combo cards would be, is really good. I mean, you can get your know, Ashnod's altar back if you were to play uh, say Slimefoot. I mean, if you, you're in you're in the right colors to play Slimefoot, uh, a token doubler and Ashnod's altar, and you just make infinite tokens and win. But I mean, that's a whole deck by itself. You won't even need the white there. So, like I said, I think he's better in, like, Carador. Uh, Carador is one of the oldest Abzan commanders that people really took a liking to. He's very graveyard-based. He lets you cast a creature from your graveyard. Um, Let's just give him a read real quick for people who, who, who don't know Carador, the Ghost Chieftain. Uh, he is... When it loads... He's an. He's also Abzan. He's an eight yeah. mana, so five. So, so Carador Ghost Chieftain is five and Abzan for a three-four legendary centaur spirit. Carador Ghost Chieftain costs one less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. During each of your turns, you may cast one creature card from your graveyard. So I think that in contending with uh, where is it? With Tayum, I think Carador is still the top contending recursion uh, Abzan commander we have and playing Tam in the 99 of a Carador deck would be really good. And I think that's probably going to be the best home for Tyam is more uh, so, more so as a supporter <clears throat> in the 99 than as the the helm. Although I'd love to see if anybody has already started building Tyam out there, I'd love to see some lists cuz maybe I'm just not creative enough. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to send us your lists, uh, hit, hit us up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go through lists and see and just see what everyone else is brewing out there. 
but if we have nothing else to talk about that one, uh, we can move on to the next Abzan commander. Yep, yep. In the list of Abzan commanders, uh, we have Cathril, Aspect Warper. It is two white, black, and green for a 3-3 legendary nightmare insect. The second nightmare in Celestia Colors. When Cathril Aspect Warper enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on any creature you control. If a creature card in your graveyard has flying, repeat this process for Double Strike, First Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. Then put a 1-1 counter on Cathril for each counter put on a creature this way. So this card could potentially be super scary. There have been a lot of creatures printed with a lot of keywords. Uh, the the best one I can personally think of is Z- not Zakama. What was Zatalpa? Zatalpa Primal Dawn. That yeah, card so has a lot of keywords, and he, by himself, Zatalpa enables a lot of these counters on Cathril. Z- uh, Z- Zatalpa has double strike, flying, indestructible. And Trample, I think. And Vigilant. Zatalpa Primal Dawn is 6 white-white for a 4-8 Elder Dinosaur with Flying, Double Strike, Vigilance, Trample, and Indestructible. Right. So he has he has 4. Sorry, he has 5 of the keywords that you want for this commander. Right. Now, there's a couple things to note here. First of all, we've seen this effect before on cards like Soul Flare and Karen Wanderer which are both older cards. Um, they see Fringe play, or at least Soul Flare does, in a modern deck called the uh, Chromanta Flare. This card is absolutely, I think, better, personally, than those two cards, in that it doesn't have to put them directly on Cathril. It doesn't have to target the same creature each time. It can target itself, and, not to mention, Cathril says, put that counter on on any creature you control. It does not say target. Which means if you've got Lightning Greaves, or if your creature has Shroud or something, you can still put these counters on that creature. <clears throat> and that's an important distinction to make, because Lightning Greaves is obviously a very popular equipment in Commander, and we've all done it where we screwed ourselves by equipping one of our most important creatures with the Greaves, and they have Shroud, and we can't save them. And then we can't. Wipe or anything. Yeah, and it you can't target it because we've just given it shroud. I mean that that's a, that is a common mistake that happens in Commander. I mean I've done it. You know it's late at night. You just want to go home. You want to combo off and win, and you go. I do everything to 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 this card and it has shroud. <laughs> and then you're like, oh okay, so um, no taxi backsies. <laughs> so okay, the I think the best part about Cathril is that you don't have to. First of all, it can repeat. The cards don't leave your graveyard. As long as that card is still there, you get this effect each time. So this is very good with blink effects. It's ve- it, it's amazing with blink effects. It, it doesn't force you to overexpose your graveyard to a lot of hate, because you really only need one creature with a lot of cr- uh, keywords in there. And then you're, you're set. Like if you have Zatalpa in, in the graveyard, that that's five keywords right there. Yeah, Zatalpa. And I'm sure there's a bunch of others that I'm not thinking of right now. But... He's. Catharyl is, I think, 
a very powerful commander, and obvi- I, I think honestly, he probably deserves to be built somewhere, some way, somehow. I, I think he's really good. <clears throat> I'll build him. I'll have a go. I'll, I'll I'll have a gander. Why not? I'll I'll, I'll see what it's all about. Okay, so the last color pairing we have before we get into the uh, the partner commanders is lucky last Mardu Mardu usually is aggro and all about being sneaky which is fun so the first one we're going to talk about um, is I believe the face commander for the Mardu deck is Jarena Kudo, Kudro. She is a one red, white, and black. So she's one red, white, and black for a 3-3 legendary creature, human soldier. When Jarena Kudro enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. Other humans you control get a plus one, plus zero. So... She basically has Commander's version of Storm. We've seen this before with the Storm Cycle that happened, or the pseudo-Storm Cycle that happened in Commander 18 uh, with Echo Storm. And I can't remember the other ones because that was the only good one out of that whole cycle. Um, uh, I can't remember either. I, I used to know the black one, and I can't I can't think of it. <clears throat> but at any rate... Echo Storm used to uh, let you... Well, not used to. Echo Storm lets you... Copy. Is it copy permanents? Artifacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to copy or artifacts now artifact, at a time. Or creatures, I think. So. So. Echo Jir- Storm. Jarena Kudro has the text each time you've cast a commander from the command zone. Um, I've been discussing that with some other people, and I'm not really sure why that text is phrased that way on there. It makes it sound like maybe they designed her as partner at first, and maybe you got rid of it later. But... Yeah. Oh, I just realized why. So, just quickly, Echo Storm uh, is three blue-blue. When you cast this spell, copy it for each time you've cast your commander from, from the command zone this game. You may choose new new targets for the copy. Create a token that's a copy of target artifact. It came in the uh, the ex- is it exquisite? Uh, it was the it was the the Sahili, It was the Sahili artifact deck. Um, I just taught myself why Jarena Kudro is worded that way, and it's because, of course, each of these decks have the partner commanders in them. So if you were to put the partners at the helm and have Jarena in the deck, then she would proc off each of your commanders. Yes. I literally just taught myself that. Just because <laughs> I was so confused. Learning on the fly with anyway. learning on the fly with Commander at Arms. I love it. <laughs> so uh. by herself, Jarena makes a one one, or I guess a three one technically the first time you cast her. And then two and then three. And honestly, I think this type of effect is just too slow to really have um, much of an impact. It sounds... It kind of looks like they wanted to build... Like, they wanted to make another version of uh, Gear Red from 
last year's commander sets. I mean, Gearhead comes out with a 4-4, and then when he attacks, he creates another 4-4. Or he populates, and usually what you have on the field at the time is another is a 4-4. But I also think that because this set has been heavily to do with like creatures, as you can see, every every creature this this set so far has been something we've never seen before. You know, there's a couple more that we're, we're going to get into that we haven't seen. But I mean, nightmare insect I've never seen before. You know, snake, a leviathan, elemental dinosaur. So I think they really wanted to bring back and just have some love for the humans in this set because it's not so much like you can't mutate a human because you know obviously humans can't mutate, but creatures can. So, I mean, they wanted to give some love to the non-human, uh, the, the more human characters from Ikoria. And, I mean, this is one way to go about it. But I don't think this one hits the mark as being the face commander of a deck. I just think it should have been make one ones equal to the amount of mana spent to cast Jarena. I think that would have made her more playable. Because then she'd be coming out with four three ones. Yeah, and, and I, I don't, I don't, who, who I don't me. think that would have been too powerful. I think that would have been right on the nose with that. But but in also saying stands, that as well, like uh, you've got anointed procession, and that doubles the amount of tokens. So I mean, if you were to come out even first turn when she comes out, she's creating you know eight one ones, or in this case eight three one three uh, three ones. I think that's still fine though. But as is, I don't I don't think she's very interesting, and I don't think she'll see any play okay. really. Okay. I'm happy to move on away from her to the next one if you like. Yep. It is Kelsian, the Plague. He is just Mardu colors, so red, white, black for a 2-2 legendary human assassin with vigilance and haste. Kelsian, the Plague, gets a plus one, plus one for each experience counter you have. He has an activated ability that taps... Kessian deals one damage to target creature you don't you don't control. When that creature dies this turn, you get an experience counter. So I think flavor-wise, he very very much fits the assassin role. Agreed, but it's very strange that they had him tap to deal only one damage. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I feel like he should have probably dealt damage equal to his power, which would make sense for the growing. That might have been a little too pushed, but as it stands, he's he's okay. So Kelsey well, I mean, probably won't. I mean, like, let's let's break it down. Assassins aren't supposed to really kill you out in, in, in one hit. They usually just come through and deal the last hit. So I mean I can see it as a flavor text, like a flavor wise of why they did it this way. But I also think that dealing one damage to stuff in Commander just isn't enough to to make him get huge quickly. I mean you don't want him to get, you don't want him to get too huge too quick. But he, he has Vigilance and he has Haste, so he can come down, you know, attack something, but then, like, yeah, if, if he dies, then he, he kind of dies. So, I mean, like, there's just no way of him taking down bigger targets now, unless you were to give him Indestructible. Um, so, the thing that you'd want to do with Kelsian <clears throat> is put as many ways in your deck to get Death Touch as possible because he's obviously very good with Death Touch. He's just, he kills everything. And then he keeps getting bigger and bigger. Because it is Kelsian itself that deals the damage. So if Kelsian has yes. death touch, then <clears throat> the damage he deals counts as death as lethal damage. So that would probably be the way most people would build and play Kelsian. Although I feel like 
it's just not really enough. It feels like it's trying too hard to be Voltron and too hard to be a Penguin deck, and I don't, I don't really know which direction it's supposed to go. I get that. Okay, so I don't really have much more to say about uh, about Kelsey, and I think he's pretty much self-explanatory. You know, he's really easy to, to, to... There's no real hidden combos or anything you can kind of do. It's very much get... Um, you know, get Death Touch on him, ping something for one, kill it, move on. I will you know, say... I will say... I'm a little disappointed that they kind of let Mardu fall into its usual habits in this set. Everything else got something really unique and really cool and for the most part pretty powerful but Mardu seems like it kind of got the short end of the stick yet again yeah but I mean Mardu also had that um but I mean Mardu also had the uh the vampire deck from years ago that thing is still holding up um I forget his name Soren Markov that's it (laughs) you said it was just staying like you've heard it thousands and thousands of times <clears throat> uh true but that was a pretty long time ago now and i feel like they're due for another power bump when i say they i mean mardu of course yeah of course uh, of but, course uh, that's all i really have to say about both of those if you want to move on to our partners here yep so we'll start with the partner commanders they're not going to be in the same order they're just going to be in the order that they come up on the uh, on the screen here so the first one we're going to talk about is, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about the Mardu colors one because he is the first one. So the Mardu colored commander part, the commander partnering, is Trin, champion of freedom. Uh, he, they. Uh, so the first partner commander we're going to talk about is the Mardu commanders. It's Trin, champion of freedom, three and a white. For a 3-3 legendary human soldier, it partners with Silver Devourer of the Free. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, if you attack this turn, create create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. Now, Silver Devourer of the Free uh, is a 3 black red for a 4-2 legendary cat nightmare. And it has partnered with Trin, so they can be partnered together. Has Menace... And also has an activated ability of sacrifice a human, put a 1-1 counter on Silver, the Devourer of the Free. It gains indestructible until end of the turn. So just to recap for anybody that is not familiar with the partner mechanic, this came about in... 2014. Was it 2014? Uh, I believe so. Oh, hang on. What was the partner com- partner came out? Uh... Oh, 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 yeah, that's right, that's right. It was in the... It, uh, it, yeah, it had uh, bloody, like, the most powerful commanders ever. It had, right. Uh, Tim, Timna the Weaver had... Um, right, I think that was... Was that C14? Or was it C15? I don't remember. It was in one of the... Command- sorry, sorry, it was, it, was, it was Commander 16. I'm sorry. So it was sorry, com- Commander, four, Commander 14 was the monocolored um, uh, Planeswalker Commanders. So, it, Partner first came in C16, where it had some of the best commanders we've ever seen in our lives. Uh, it was also redone. So, th- those creatures just had Partner. It didn't say Partner with anything. The Partner with So, they all Partner with, 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 with each other. 
Right. So, so you, the- you could have uh, Thrasios and Timna, which I mean, Thrasios and Timna is a very competitive deck. Um, you could have uh, Vile Smasher and any of them. So, I mean, they could all partner with, with no matter who they wanted. Um, so the partner with Mechanic we saw in Battle Bond. It was a, a, re- a, a basically a, a revamped version of Partner, and it says a specific name. So partner with, you know, person X, and the other one says partner with person Y, and and Commander that means that they can both be your commander, and in other constructed formats it just means when you play one, you can choose a player to search their library for the one that they partner with and put it in their hand. Yes, and that's <clears throat> usually only relevant for like two-headed giant and stuff like that. But in our case, it means we can use both as our commanders. So you would have both Silvar and Tren as your commanders. Uh, Silvar by himself is a 5-mana 4-2 with Menace. Uh, and he can sack humans to put plus 1, plus 1 counters and gain Indestructible until end of turn. Indestructible, obviously a very powerful keyword. And Tren, in addition to being food herself, uh, makes 1-1 one, one white humans. So I think... This is basically just a Silvar Voltron deck. Yeah, it's just yeah, get to get support s- Silvar. Yeah, get Silvar huge as possible. You know, chuck uh, whatever you can equipment on there wise to give them other keywords. Um, and yeah, just a, a swing for the win, basically. I mean, Mardu is usually always the aggro colors. I mean, they always want to go wide and and, and attack. And I mean, again, anointed procession will give you an extra, you know, an extra token whenever you make your token of your end step with Trin. Um, I still see it being very slow. It's definitely not the explosive gameplay that uh, aggro decks want to be. I mean, they want to be attacking as soon as possible. And this is saying that, well, if you attack by turn four, you can you can do something. I mean. You know, vanilla-wise, you can be attacking turn four, but I mean, in Commander, realistically, you can probably be attacking as early as say turn two. I I would have liked to see Silvar have haste and menace. I think that wouldn't have been too powerful, especially being a four two already. But I, th- with a bunch, he has his own free sack outlet, and with all the you know black and white effects that happen on death, so like, um, Zulaport Cutthroat. Blood Artist, etc. I, I think this deck could probably be pretty powerful. I don't think it would be better than other similar decks, but I think it's playable. And it would probably be pretty fun. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if this was your free sack outlet for a Zulaport, Cutthroat, and uh, what? Blood Artist. You, yeah, I mean, Blood Artist, then yeah, definitely. Like, And then, it, obviously, because you're in black and white, there's ways of pulling that back. I mean... If you wanted to play this and then play um, Luros as your, um, even as in the 99, you could keep pulling it back every turn and getting, pardon me, you could play Luros, the den of, uh, the Dream Den, and keep pulling your, uh, your, your drain cards back out of the graveyard quite easily, actually, and then that gets Silver up. A little bit faster and does a little bit extra damage and gains you some life so i mean it's not terrible i think it's definitely what mardu wants to do um and in saying that i think we're ready to move on from that one to the next set of pairs mm-hmm. which is the teamer set <clears throat> so we'll start with the 
the monocolored and then go to the multicolored as we did last time. So the monocolored partner is Halden Avid Arcanist. He is a two and a blue for a one for legendary human wizard. He partners with Peiko Arcane Retriever. And like Paul said before, you know, they partner with another, like one other card. So when this creature enters the battlefield, target player may put Panko uh, into their hand from the library, then shuffle. Now, I'm pretty sure by this by this stage, uh, the tuck effect had already been changed to where you can't tuck your commander into your library. But if you could, this would be a good way to be able to fish it out, out of your library. Um, so he also says you may play non-creature cards from exile with fetch counters on them if you exile uh, if you exiled them hang on he also says you may play non-creature cards from exile with fetch counters on them if you exiled them and you may spend mana as though it were any color of mana to cast those spells now Peiko Arcane Retriever is a 3 red and a green for a 3-3 legendary elemental hound. He says, partner with Halden, avid Arcan uh, arcanist. We know that. He has haste. And whenever Peko arcanist retriever attacks, exile the top card of each player's library and put a fetch counter on them. Put a 1-1 counter on Peko for each non-creature card exiled this way. So I think this is the... Since it has haste, I think this is just a better or what Silvar should have been. I would have liked if it had menace instead of haste, but this pairing is really interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about it specifying non-creature cards only. I would have liked to have seen creatures also, because if your opponents don't really play a lot of a whole lot of non-creature spells, then obviously Peiko and Halen are not going to be at their best. It's a very meta card. I you pretty much have to know what your playgroup is playing. Like if you have to know that like your playgroup is going to be playing heavily into non-creature spells. Like you wouldn't want to play this against a uh, uh she came out of uh, no they came out of uh oh the centaur from the gruel. You can only play non-creature spells. Oh, sorry, you can only play creature spells. Nikea. Nikea of the old ways. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to play this against the Nikea deck because you wouldn't get anything out of it. So that's just one, one you know, another uh, a downside to, to this partner pairing. But in saying that, I mean, a lot of uh, artifacts and enchantments are a little bit harder to remove in Commander. So, I mean... So people would, normally play those and then you can you know you can i don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> <laughs> it is worth noting that it does say play so you can play lands that you get with Pego, which is interesting but at the same time i feel like if you're because you exile your own library as well so why not just play a better teamer pairing or better yet just play what i would consider the better version of this this partner pair just play itali primal storm you get yeah. the, you get this you get the cards for free and you get to directly cast them you don't have to spend mana on them i mean you can play itali in this in this pairing if you wanted to but you could i would but... just i would just rather play itali by itself yeah so i'm 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 a little unimpressed with these and honestly i don't really have much more to say about them <laughs> okay so moving on we have the soltai commanders uh we have 
Kaza Ruthless Stalker, who is a three and a green for a three-three legendary creature, human warrior, has partner with Yukima Stalking Shadow. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a one-one counter on that creature. And then Yukima Stalking Shadow is a one blue and a black for a two-two legendary whale wolf. Has partner. Uh, Yukima Stalking Shadow can't be blocked. When Yukima enters the battlefield, it deals X damage to target creature and you gain X life where X is its power. So, we've seen this effect in Black Blue before with... I forgot her name. That happens a lot on the show. <laughs> um, Vela the Dawnclad. That's the one. Or the Nightclad. Sorry, Villa the Nightclad. She has a similar effect where whatever creature enter or leaves the battlefield, uh, she deals one damage to. I think it's target opponent, target creature or player maybe, any target. I don't remember exactly, but at any rate, we've seen this effect in Black Blue before. Uh, Ukima can't be blocked is a very dangerous line of text to print on a commander. Because commander damage is a very real thing. And Kazer, which is Ukima's partner, makes Ukima grow the more that it deals said damage. Which, the damage is essentially guaranteed because Ukima can't be blocked. So, I think this deck is going to be super snowball-y. And not to mention that if somebody does kill Ukima, well, they're getting domed for however big Ukima was when it died and it's when it leaves yeah. the battlefield so you can safely put it into your command zone and it even works pretty well with blink effects if you blink Ukima that counts as leaving the battlefield so you get to deal that damage still so yeah I think I think that this partner pairing so far has been the most strongest one especially with that line of text where it can't be blocked I mean we've been joking about how many of these commanders are actually just going to be like Voltron decks, but I think this is the Voltron deck of this set. I think this is what it was made, made for. And I don't even think it needs to be Voltron. Like I, I, I jam Kazur and Girid to be honest. That effect is just disgusting. These cards are individually, independently better. Good. Like without each other even. So I think putting both of them together is just you know, yeah. gravy on the mashed potatoes. It just, well, it adds a, uh, and, you know, it's it's two-card engine by itself. Like, you know, you have an engine in your command zone accessible to you for, you know, seven mana. You have an engine there where you can just keep going and going and going. And, I mean, you gain life and you deal damage. I mean, it's it's quite phenomenal, actually. But, yeah, that uh, that Kazur Ruthless Stalker is definitely going in my gear ride deck. <laughs> 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 All right, so moving on, we have the Jeskai color pairing, uh, and they are Braylon Skyshark Rider, three and a red for a 3-3 legendary human shaman, has partner with Shabraz the Skyshark. Yeah, Shabraz the Skyshark. Uh, whenever you discard a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Braylon Skyshark Rider, and it deals one damage to each opponent. He also has an activated ability uh, of one red. Target shark gains trample until end of turn. Now, Shabraz the Sky Shark is a three white and a blue, three three legendary shark bird. 
has partner with Braylon Skyshark Rider. Flying, whenever you draw a card, put a plus one plus one counter on Shabraz the Skyshark and you gain one life. He also has an activated ability of hybrid... Um... Azorius. Oh, yeah, I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> he, also ha- he also has an activated ability of hybrid Azorius. Target human gains flying until end of turn. So these two just really help each other out with their with their uh, activated abilities. I think independently of their activated abilities, Brawlin is really close to Perforos in that it's guaranteed damage for in in those particular colors of a very like not 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 much of a drawback. Red is well. Known, I can see red is known for discarding cards to draw cards. It's just a thing that they do. But then, uh, you know, Shabraz then lets you then draw cards. I mean, you've got the draw and the discard options there. You can just keep cycling through a deck and dealing damage. I mean, if you were just to do that and then have uh, the Eldrazi that lets you shuffle in your library, or your graveyard back to your library, you can then just keep going. So it is worth noting that Shabraz itself just rewards you for drawing cards. It doesn't actually let you draw cards itself. But it is very clear that they built these particular partner commanders to support the cycling commander we discussed before. And I think they do a wonderful job of that. I'm sure that there is a deck somewhere for them on their own where they, they just function based off of the red mechanic of it's often called rummaging which is discarding yeah drawing cards yeah yeah discard to draw yeah and i'm sure that that deck could probably be pretty good and pretty aggressive i'm just not picturing it right now but i again like i said i'd love to see if anybody already has lists going for something like that yeah i'd be interested to see like the the direction that people would take this this partners i mean i'm not sure exactly where i would put it in that way but this part looks like james yeah i just i feel like there there's a lot of synergy between these two cards and that could be a lot of fun to play so i think between these two pairings there could be a lot there could be definitely a fun deck there i'm just not sure what direction you would you would have to take it i mean you've got cards like faithless looting and other ways to, to be able to rummage through your deck i mean uh, you could also play um, Duretti, Scrap Savant, as a Planeswalker in the deck, because he lets you discard up to two cards every turn. So, I mean, there's, you know, two damage. I mean, it's not much, but you get to, you know, recycle through your hand, pull out some new cards out of your out of your hand, and then, and then yes, yeah, so you could play it as an, as an artifact deck, because it doesn't say otherwise not to. Um, yeah, I think it could be a lot of fun, but I'm happy to move on if you are to our last pairing. Uh, the one, the one thing I want to mention before we move on is that blue also has effects that say draw cards then discard cards like frantic search and such. Oh uh, yes. So those those are functionally identical to the, to the rummaging. So you you could get pretty aggressive with this deck, but that, like that that's all I wanted to mention. It's just that blue has similar effects. So blue and red are very similar in the ways that they like to rummage through their decks. So moving on to our last color pairing, we have Abzan. If anyone following at home knew what the last one was going to be, it is uh, Nikara Leia Scavenger for a two and a black for a two-two legendary creature human cleric. 
partners with Yannick Scavenging Sentinel, has menace. Whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had one or more counters on it, you draw a card and you lose one life. Now... Yannick Scavenging Sentinel is a two green and a white for a 3-3 legendary Hyena Beast. Partner with Nakara. We all knew that. I know we're talking about partners. Uh, has Vigilance. When Yannick Scavenging Sentinel enters the battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves the battlefield. When you do, distribute X 1-1 counters among any, tug, any number of target creatures where X is the exiled creature's power. So, I think, based on what I've seen, that Abzan probably just has the best commanders overall in this set. Yeah, I definitely feel that that way as well. Looking and reading this color pairing, I think this is going to be my first partner's commanders. Because that just looks, it just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I think... These, I think these particular partners are more are better as support than as commanders, which I've said for a lot of these partners, but it, it's it's true. They are a little underwhelming for the color pair, but I think these are probably the closest to being actually playable at the helm. I think, like I said, they're better off in like an Atraxa build or, like we mentioned before, with Cathril or Tyum, something like that. But if well, I mean were, if. If you were to if you were to tutor up one or draw one and play one of them, you can then grab the other one. So I mean, it kind of helps thin your deck out a little bit to get into the other creatures in your deck that you need or want. And then so, I mean, you could always just build these as you know having massive Eldrazi in the deck as well, and then they just make them even bigger. So. <clears throat> I think by themselves they might be a little hard to proc. Obviously Yannick makes counters when he enters the battlefield. Yannick himself is kind of a blink effect ish in Selesnia, which is a little strange. Uh so he's gonna be pretty good with things like Eternal Witness and I think that this deck is really just gonna be about Abzan value. Just play nice ETB creatures, have Yannick exile them, or, you know, blink them, technically. Get their counters onto probably Nikara, because she has Menace. And maybe get a commander damage win in there. I don't know. It's it's a really strange... a really strange world to live in. But I like, like I said, I think that they are better off in the 99 for other more prevalent counter commanders such as Atraxa and the Catharyl. <clears throat> that being said that they are very good obviously and if somebody brought them to the table as their commanders I would definitely be afraid of what they would do. So the first Friday back just be afraid because I'll bring in as my commander <laughs> partners. <laughs> <clears throat> so that was our review and discussion of all the brand new commander cards that are coming out. Well, not all the brand new commander cards, but all the new commanders that we can play with that's coming out with C20 when Ikoria drops on the pushed release date of 15th of May. Now, I think that's about all I really have to say about these commanders. Uh, and I think the next 
I think the next thing we'll do is we'll just we we could probably end the episode here and figure out where to go through from that from there. Uh, I really want a better segue than that. I uh, now that we've talked about everything, I do want to say that obviously Commander is a game about preference. Uh, don't take our opinions as the you know the, the say all of the subject. Play with them, learn them. If you like them, use them. You know, again, these are just our opinions, and they're meant to be taken, you know, just as ideas rather than, you know, facts. So yeah, we're please. we're very much just we're very much just giving you the idea of the cards and 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 our kind of thoughts, and then seeing where you guys will take them because that's more importantly what what I want to see is where everyone else is going to take these cards. So. That being said, James, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I mean, the only thing I really want to add that that I know has been probably already mentioned a couple of times uh, by other people, but Arcane Signet is getting a reprint in all of these decks. Yes, that is important. So for anyone unfamiliar, Arcane Signet is uh, probably the best mana rock they've printed in in quite a while. Uh, It is a two-mana artifact that taps for... It's basically a two-mana command tower. It taps for one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. Correct. It came out with Throne Throne of Eldraine with the Brawl decks. Right, but the Brawl decks were not not super popular, and Arcane Signets, as a result, were pretty expensive. It has been commanding quite a high price tag of about $11, I've seen it, uh, which it's currently now now down to about the $4, $5 mark, which is still really high for a card that's pretty much an auto-include in every single deck. Now, I hate saying that there's cards that just auto-includes, but as a Signet, as a as a Mana Rock, it's pretty much an include in, in, in almost every deck. So, And everything else that comes in these decks as well is is just value. So, I mean, you're definitely getting what you want out of out of picking up one of these, one, of, one or multiple of these decks. Um... Whoa, what what am I in? There is no way that's in the reprints. Nope, that's because that's in Syndicate. My bad. <laughs> I was just having a look at the uh, the reprints. Because we're getting a lot of the Havelands back. We're getting the uh, the Battle for Zendikar, you know, Mountain Forest, taps for both. Um, all taps for one or the other. You must control two or more basic lands. So we're getting a lot of those. Canopy Vista. Um a lot of the pain lands are coming back. The, uh, the bounce lands are coming back. Pretty much everything you normally would see in, in a commander product. I will say that overall, uh, all of the, uh, all of the commander mana bases are definitely getting a lot better. Um, but it looks like we are also getting a, Skull Clamp reprint, a Corson Grip reprint, uh, a Sun Titan reprint. We were just talking about the Titans. Sun Titans getting a reprint. Um, Windfall, Kessick Wolf Run's another one that's getting a really good reprint. Uh, Harmonize, Propaganda is getting a reprint, and that's quite expensive these days. Um, so we're getting a lot of good, decent commander reprints. Uh, probably one of the best ones being uh, the Locust God. But other than reprints, I really have not much else to say for this episode. I'm good on my end as well.
Cool. I want to say that that was correct in saying they were reprints. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, wow. Yeah. As always, uh, thank you everybody for listening and tuning in. Uh, This is your call to arms to get online and sling some spells. I'm Paul. I'm James. Have a nice day.